Welcome to the 10th Year Seniors Podcast Network. We have a very special guest in studio. The celebrity, the man of the hour, the man that conquered Hurricane Irma. I feel like he's a national hero, Mr. Edward Lockhart. Mr. Lockhart, thank you for joining us today. Uh, it's a pleasure being here. John, do you feel the presence of a national hero? Oh no, I felt the presence when I uh, knocked on his door. <laughs> Immediately when you knocked on the door, you could tell this man is a celebrity, right? Yeah. The aura just popping out, she's like, man. So if you don't know the story by now, and it, w- it went viral after it appeared in The Guardian, Mr. Lockhart survived Hurricane Irma all on his own, completely isolated, and not in a house, but he was under a tree. Lignum Vitae tree. Under a Lignum Vitae tree, yeah. Let's get As a national, national hero. <laughs> under the national tree. It's a national hero. You know yeah. what? Let me just ask you right now, which uh, which bill do you think you should be on? Because I feel like, what, ah. pro- probably the fifty dollar bill, maybe, maybe the hundred. Yeah, if they want to grant me a lot of, give me that kind of provision, whatever, whatever bill they put me on, it'd be the same thing. We're gonna start the campaign. We're gonna get you put. <laughs> Let's on put them on a quarter. We could do that, but some sort of money yeah. we have to get this national hero on. So before we even get started about the hurricane, I want to talk about because you live on Buena Vista Key and you live there. On your own basically mm. I want to talk about the decision to just just go off and live on your own completely isolated away from everybody how did that come about well by being a very observant person and seeing that these politicians in the Bahamas selling all the keys to Exumas I know for a fact one day they're going to start with the keys in Ragged Island and I couldn't see my father and my mother's blood, sweat, and tears going for naught because they did a lot of work on that island when we were living there. As part of my first 10 years, I lived there with, with them, between there and Ragged. And they would just sell, sell these islands and think nothing of it. But I said, the, the bastard who comes there, he got to be an immortal because they will not walk off. And uh, so I just say I got behind my I had two brothers, they were older than me. And we were <coughs> very vibrant in pushing drugs through. Really? Yes. The story <coughs> went left super quick. Okay. And then in that day, there's not one island in the Bahamas that I didn't put drugs in or take out. And you um, made it out the game unscathed. I feel like you have superpowers. Do you have superpowers? Because you made it out the drug game <coughs> and you made it out through a hurricane. Well, I've been many hurricanes. We found a new Narcos episode. Yes. I know. A season. Yes. Well, uh, tell you a little part of the drugs, you know. Oh, I yeah. Ca- that's I caught this big tuna. 90, 80, 90-pound 90 tuna. So, I had nowhere to put the tuna. My, my fishing boat had a freezer, a 20,000-pound freezer. So I, but I had it stuffed up with marijuana. So, and I looked to the south, this was up off Inago, and I looked to the south, between Haiti and Inago, there was a Haitian boat coming down. So I told the fel- my cousin who was on steering, but I said, go, go, go south. Man, we have to go now. I said, go south. See, I said, go south. You just had a feeling that. No, no, no feeling. Because I know, I can't throw it. I hate to kill a fish or anything and throw it and let, throw it back to waste. So I went by the Haitian boat, put a black rope on the fish rope on the tuna. I threw it on board the Haitian boat. And they pulled up, Daddy, God bless you, God bless you, Daddy. You know, there was, there was, I mean, I. <laughs> <laughs> Such a, you, 
you have so many incredible stories and we've only been talking for two minutes now okay i gotta try i gotta try to re-listen so how long have you been living at at buena vista Key? nine years nine years now yes okay so since you since you went back there is this the first time you went through a hurricane on your own no. or was this just the no, first time that people time. paid attention toy time okay when was the first one first time was with uh walk not walking walking yeah walking yeah then uh the other one yeah match you match you match you see walking right, so, so walking. for like six years you was good and then two years yes. ago, we had walking yes and then all of a sudden this stuff started happening yeah. okay so let's get to how this this story went down so your boat was being fixed in ragged island yes so you didn't have a way to get didn't off get off at what point did you think to yourself i am not going to be able to make it in the house my best well, bet is to go no. to go under the lignum vitae tree when i was a young man i used to, i spent a lot of time with, with both my grandparents they told me a lot of stories about hierarchies and uh, my father too was a, was a seaman a captain and my father said that he got caught in the storm either in 1926 or 1929 they were by an island called flamingo key and the weather was so bad they had to stop there look for harbor the next morning when they woke up it was up in the middle of the land two 70-foot schooners. They had to lash two dinghies together and go to Ragged Island and get men and coming back and relaunch those two boats. So I, I know if they saying that the tide is going to rise 15 to 20 feet, it's possible because those two schooners had to go into the land with a high tide. So I put that in my mind. So I went up into the hills in Bunibusiki, looked for a lignum by the tree, but it's solid enough to withstand, it was about maybe 25, 30 feet higher than the normal top, above the my le- the level of the sea, you know. So I find a tree, I cleared the area up, I put a rope around the tree. I didn't have to tie it because I had a, a thimble in the tree, in the rope, and I pushed the end through and pull it tight. And then when I went back in there, I put the rope around my waist, but I would make no knot. I don't get ten and a half if that tidal wave comes hard on me, you know. So I used to gradually slack, gradually slack so I could be above the water mm-hmm. and don't get dry off the land. See, my thing is, because when I read the article, what's the difference between regular rope and strong island rope? Yes, tell us what strong island rope is. Well, this, this is a three-quarter inch nylon rope. And... And the, the crawfish rope is too small to cut into your sides, you know. So I got a three-quarter inch nylon rope that wouldn't chafe you to like a small rope. Get a, you can't tie yourself with a small rope. No, that would just be stupid. You know, that, that, would, that would tear you in half. So I got a rope that you could, you could ride with. Were, the, were there other trees around and you thought to yourself, no, that one won't work. This is the one I got to go under. Did you? Well, this one was thickly foliage, foliage, and I said, let me go see, stop some of the wind from coming on me, you know, but all the leaves blew off any which way, so I was under nothing, you know, but I said, I am not going to move my rope, because I, I feel like this tree is the strongest tree, and I was on the break of the hill, they got right, and the tree is here, but I didn't go on top of the hill, because those, those, they were going to be the first one to go on top. 
Yeah, the, hey, the that's tree, the strongest tree in Nassau. The tree I mean, decision, Nassau, the Bahamas. The tree decision is the biggest decision you made in the hurricane, and you somehow chose the strongest tree. I feel like the tree got your powers. The tree has your powers now. It's yes. a really strong tree. Yes, <laughs> uh, I know it's a strong tree because that uh, national tree. Did you know it just by looking at it? Because I mean, oh I, yes, definitely. I, yeah, I'm sure you know this stuff that I don't. You saw it. You said lignum vitae. Yes, this got to be the one. Yes. And I cleared it out, moved the stones from underneath so I could, you don't have to be, when I lay down, but uh, I had, I have a cushion as long as the, almost as long as the sea. Mm-hmm. But, but now it's that. <coughs> and um, I slept on that the first night, but the second night I had to use that for my blanket. You had to cover up with that. Yeah, so probably that. What did you have in terms of like your resources? What did you have with you? Food, water, one, bottle, any one gallon of water. It? One gallon of water. One gallon of water. Yes. No food. No food. You, you couldn't take nothing. But you, 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 how you gonna keep it? Right. <laughs> so one gallon of water and no food for how many days? Because you were up no, there no, for no, 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 no. I when the storm in the day I came down went to my house. Okay. Yeah, that that's what I want to know. Like, how long were you actually up there was, tied the, to the tree? The storm came down around with four, between two and four o'clock. That's when the wind really started blowing. And so I just lay on there. Rain on, rain on breeze over the tree was had the leaves on it at the time. Didn't flap the breeze didn't take the leaves off it. So I say, I was, you know, I accept that, you know, because this feeling, it, I don't mind. That's me. So. Um, I lay down and went to sleep. If you are, if you are a seaman, <coughs> a real seaman, I, I respect myself, or I can brag about myself, or boast about myself. I am the best seaman in the world. I believe you. I believe everything you say. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's no one hundred percent. You're the, the you're the world's sad. greatest. <laughs> well, you are the most interesting <laughs> man in the Bahamas. <laughs> Accept it. You're gonna be on money someday. Accept yeah, it. Maybe. So uh, I just relaxed. I say, I was glad that it came at between two and four o'clock. Cause then sun ain't too far. So the next three four hours, your sun gonna rise. So then I'll have daylight to like this move around and rather than the dark. But two with me in my favor too. There was a full moon, beautiful full moon. I say, wow, this is a nice night for a woman, you know. <laughs> Look at him yeah. in, the, in, in the middle of a hurricane. Listen, <laughs> always be aware of what's important. That would have been a nice light for a woman. Huh? I agree. That would have been a nice. Time. Yes, man. You know, two sitting, two sitting together, and you know, you know, no guy being in love making, but that kind of thing. Oh no, you gotta have love making though. Yeah, but I mean, eventually. Yeah. Like you could start with a little romantic mm. thing, but you know where that leads. Yeah. Like you gotta I mean, get there. Just to be there in the presence, you know. I feel like that's the worst part about uh, living on the key by yourself, though. Yes. Except in loneliness. Yeah, you gotta have that companionship. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Anyway, so <laughs> this the storm the storm comes and you go down to your house. Was your house damaged yes. at all? My house is about a half mile away, almost a half mile away. And um I walk down the hill, right over there, but between my house and where I am, I have a I have a farm field, you know, I plant corn, sweet potato, papayas like that, onion, whatever. And but the storm blew them away. It's the corn, the corn was laying down. So when I went to the house, man, it started to blow. See, 
I was, I said, I gotta, I gotta sleep here tonight. I should sleep, but I said, no, I can't sleep here tonight. So I took my bike and my clothes, because I was well up. I, I figured now, and my, my bike is like that's a good size bike with all my clothes in it. But the bike got soaked, saturated, and I was walking across the field, and man, there's no weakness, but the wind was so forceful, and the sound was like baby shots hitting you with bare back. And the sun, the wind, was wind was hit, and you have to just glimmer. So I had to find this little truck road, which is about 200 feet away from me, and crawl, glimmer, crawl, glimmer, crawl, until I got, when I got in the middle field, I got weak. I started throwing up. And I got down my knees and said, Oh, my Heavenly Father, Jehovah, my God, you're my God. I don't want to be a casualty of the storm. And I made it to the track road, went back up there and lashed myself to the tree again for that next night. The storm could do nothing with you, Mr. Lockhart. I could tell you right now, like nothing was going to happen. You yeah. are much stronger than a Category 5 storm. Yes. Easily. And, and uh, Darrell Miller asked me, see, why didn't you run? I said, I never run for no woman. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest. How did we not get that on video just now? The greatest of all time. Okay. I'm just enjoying these stories. You just want to listen to him yes. tell stories, right? Okay, so how were you keeping abreast, uh, like like with the media, to know how bad this storm is going to be? Really, I have a little portable radio. You know, and I try to keep that on the weather. I put that in the fish bike. Go fish bike so it don't get wet. Who were you listening to? Zedness. Wow. What, AM, hey? It was, <laughs> is it AM? 1540? You can't get no AM, not, uh, which is straight through, because uh, you can't get no FM. All right, yeah, so 1540. Only, if you're only ZNS station alone besides the Cubans. And, they couldn't and be, you couldn't understand no, what they were no, saying, no, so no. <laughs> they, couldn't, they couldn't be helpful right there no. anyway. So I, I, I read that, okay, after the storm had passed, I don't think anyone came there for about, what was it, like three, three, days, three, three days. days. At some point, did you think, did these people just forget about me? No, 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 no. I said, what I went through, if Ragged Island went through this, I imagine how devastated she must be. Because someone, if Ragged Island wasn't devastated, someone would have been to me the first day after the storm. So I accepted that. I, I believe that Ragged Island was torn up. And then again, see, when the storm was, when the storm was coming, they take the boats out of the water. They have to have men or to put those boats back into the water. Then the, the sea's got to be kind of quiet too to get to me because I'm 20 miles away. That so, ain't even. That, that's just. So, <laughs> how I long know, is that boat ride? Huh? How long is that's the boat? 40 minutes. Ooh, that's real isolation. Well, yeah, see, I don't like to be disturbed. Yeah, I get. Listen, I understand. And if I was 10 miles away, I'll have a visitor every day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> so. You know you know what's funny? Uh, we were talking before the podcast and you said, Ragged Island has too much people for you, right? Yes. <laughs> so all of us were like, how could you make it here living in Nassau? This got to be way too this, much people. This, this is what I told my wife. Let's get out of this place because she want me to become a Jehovah's Witness. I, I'm a... <laughs> And I have to give up my guns. 
Oh no, you can't give up your guns. No. How many so, do you have? Uh, you deserve Jehovah. You have to give up your guns. Do you have any right now? I don't have no. no. Oh okay. I had. I always had. I had twenty-two, a thirty-eight, and a forty-five. Mm. On a rifle, on a shotgun. Good selection. On a chaser hand grenade and, and a freezer full of dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, were you? I feel like you were preparing for war. No, no, I just, just being well protected. You see, when I was, I used to live in Oaksville. I had a friend named Russell <laughs> Frakes who lived in Crawford Street, <laughs> and I had fourteen Labradors, fourteen Labrador dogs. So are you there? If you if you get an argument with me, all of you. I don't have to go for my gun or nothing. My 14 Labrador is going to come there immediately. That's what we do with our 110th year senior's dog. See him right there? As soon as he heard you whistle, yes. Link looked up. He was ready. We sent him to attack people. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. He ain't good at that, It's, it's not as good as your la- your 14 yeah. Labrador, sir. It's not no. as good as them. Once, no. the door, once the door opens, then it's game over. Like, so so you, were, you were living here in Nassau. It was just too much. You wanted no part of it anymore. No part of this island. Mm-hmm. You see? I was in. I went to prison in '96, and for, they gave me five years. But they get, they took off eleven months of my time because of my uh, production in prison. While I was there, I did a lot of work. One day, the officer called the chief officer, the inspector, Mister Lockhart. I said, "Yes, sir. Come here." I said, "I what you want, chief." I said, "Come here." I see you trying to pull rank on me. No, no, no. Say, I want you to come here. I said, Chief, I don't have no time to entertain you, you know. This is what you told the, the prison guy. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't have no sounds time about to right. entertain you. Well, you have superpowers, so that's fine. So I said, Come here. I said, Chief, you try the ball right. I I, pack, I drop this tool, I go inside my dorm, and I ain't coming back out. Mm. Yeah. So he said, No, no, Mr. Lockhart, please come here. And when I sat alongside him, you know, I said, What you want to talk about now? I, when I go there in the morning time, say in, in prison, I have a wife, an abuela, my son, whom to worry about. At night time when I go back to my dorm, I don't have to worry about them too long. I go and sleep because I'm tired, excited. That's why I go there in the yard for the wife. You get excited. It's night is be long. So when I sat alongside him, he said, you know something? You know something? I said, what is it, chief? You a borderline. I said, you serious? What do you mean? I don't want to tell me all my life. I have crazy. <laughs> Say, oh, no. Say, you are almost a genius. I agree with him. Yep. So now, said, not, where do you get that almost from? What do you mean almost a genius? I feel like you're Say, 100% a genius. So he said, ain't nothing I have ever asked you to do. You don't do it the way I want. I, I would do it, but you do it your way. And it comes out far better than I ever expected for it to come out. I became an officer. In prison, I go in the dorm and bring men out to wipe. Nice, you know, and they give took over eleven months of my time. So yeah. that that same spirit of doing things your way and not you know bowing to what people tell you to do. Did you ever think about when you saw or you heard about how bad the storm was going to be? Did at any point did you think about leaving or no, was your mind always? No, I, I wasn't. I wasn't. If they had come, I was going to leave. But I was I, I was prepared to go at one point. I said, shocks, you know. Would, if I go to Ragged Island, it's the same thing. I can go in, I, I have to, the houses blew away. I'd have been, and I've been, I've been, been more acceptable to get in height in Ragged Island than on that island. 
So he was the anti-Johnsons. Yeah. Yeah, you were the family that... You, you were the one that decided to stay and not one of these families that decided to run away. Yes. Yeah, I like no, that. No, no. I was like coming to Ukraine with the government said, desert. The, the Irons, I'm not going to desert my home to come and say, we're going to leave. No, 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 no. You got to be there to defend your house. Yeah. Even if you're 20 miles away. Even if you're 20 it. miles away, even if you buy yourself. That's your home. Home. So here, here's another question. <laughs> At any point when the storm got to its absolute worst, did you think to yourself, well, this was a bad plan. No. I should have left. No, no, no. Never. No, 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 never. Not for a minute. No, not for a minute. I have peacocks, I have chicken, and I have a dog. If I go, uh, but one, one of my coop gone with two peacock and some chicken. I haven't seen that yet. Disappeared. You lost a peacock? Yeah. Ah. I had five now. I had sell. I had nine. Ah. I give two to one Spanish gentleman, and I was raising seven, but two got in the storm. Oh man, I didn't think about that. That's that's a big loss. A lot of people don't have that many peacocks. <laughs> so okay, so you get back. So how long are you going to be here now in Nassau? Well, I intended to go tomorrow, but the storm dehydrated me part. I don't know how I took out the, all the moisture out of my body. I'm, I right now am badly constipated. There's that throughout of everything out of me. Mm. But I still don't feel weak, you know. I still can go there, I can do the 100 yard dashing, but maybe four. No, I, l- listen, <laughs> I believe you. There's nothing. There's nothing about you that says weakness. You're a national hero, and you're going to beat that just like you beat Hurricane Irma. Yes. So now I want to get to some of these other stories. The hurricane is great, but I want you told us that the hur- beating the hurricane was not even your greatest story. No. Your greatest story it's, was going rescued, to the jungles my of Colombia to brother. rescue your brother. Yes. This, that, that yes. Just start from the beginning and tell us everything. Well, I... Brother going down there to come up to get a load of drugs. Mm-hmm. My, uh, cousin of mine. Sounds I, like Columbia. His cousin of mine is the same guy. His son rescued me of Bon Vista Key. My cousin who I rescued out of Columbia, his son rescued, took me of Bon Vista Key. Hey, that's why you got to do things for people. You never know so how they could pay you back. Where, where the government from? Yeah. You know? So, when I, my, my older brother, Wayne and Locker, as Elliot's father, I went to Columbia with $10,000 to see if he could help my brother. He went on and he gave the $10,000 and he had a couple of roads stopped, a couple of police block and search and, and part down. Scared the shit out of him, you know? Excuse yeah. my expression. And he came no, back No, you home. can curse on you, that's fine. He, he came back and like he, I said, what, what I was saying, he said, boy, if the old lady was down there, he'll never go back down there. I said, wow. So, as the months go all by, so I saw my mother listen. Listen. So one morning I went to Oaksville to visit. I said, Mommy, look, somebody got to go look for a horse. She said, would you go? I said, Mommy, if somebody is me, then it's me. You know, I had three, three or four, four more brothers, Vivian, Milford, Edney, three more. What did you take with you? Like when you made that decision, you talked to your mom about, you know what? I just got to go find him. What did you pack in this bag? No, I didn't take no weapons. I don't have my passport. I said, if I can buy it, I reasoned it in myself. I can buy a ticket to go into the country. You can't lock me up. You can deport me out. But there is nothing you can do to me, say, physically wise. Right. 
It may be hold me for two or three days or like whatever, you know. But I, 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 I like to reason. If I buy a ticket to go from here to Russia, and they let me in, they may hold you. And if they hold you what? You ain't, no one came on the side to live forever. You well, you, you might, you might. I don't know. You might. Yeah. I feel like you might. Uh, <laughs> I would try. I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't bet against it. So you get there. You get in Colombia. How do you? What is your first step? What is your first? Well, I like was from making preparation. Go to there. I went to Miami. I had a sister living in Miami. She's in Texas, and she had to go in a closet the other day from from Emma. She 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 had a home there, you know. I went there and I had to use the telephone to make contact with the, the Cuban Americans who my brother went to Columbia for. Oh, no, 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 you can't call on my phone. You she goes, Parry, you know? I said, What's wrong with you? She said, Come here, kill me. My family, my family, come here, kill me. I said, take, take, me, take me to a hotel now. Get me to the house. So I went to the hotel. So I got to the hotel. My phone rang. I had a sister living in Cleveland. Edward. Edward, please don't go down there. Mama has one son in Kilomena, and you go down there and she'll have two. I said, Mavis, let me tell you one thing. Don't you call me no more. And I, bam. No. That's it. How, how yeah. dare she try to how talk to you fulfilling, fulfilling your duty? You know? <laughs> trying to take, Crazy. She encouraged me not to go. My uncle is living in, in Cleveland, too. Boy, Ruji got one shot. I said, now, you don't call me back here no more. I phone bam. Yeah, cut off everybody that's against everybody. this plan. See, I don't reason with me and my God. You made your mind up and you Yes, that's that was that. it. You know, what I re- you know what I realized very quickly? Once you already reason with something, that's it. it. Like you doing it. I ain't doing that. And if they're going to do that, my philosophy in life, if it is impossible, if it's difficult, I do it immediately. If it's impossible, it'll take me a while. <laughs> Legend. That's it. Legend. Goat status. Let's start making those quotes now. (laughs) Okay, so we're in Colombia now. You find your way into the jungle. What happens next? No, well, I and this Cuban went with me. But I couldn't speak no Spanish. So he went and he talked with the uh, tourist information woman. That's why I keep John around, because I don't speak Spanish. So I need him there to translate for when I go to Colombia. He went and talked with the Cuban uh, Colombian tourist there. Yes. So he came to me and said, uh, the woman told him that there's an island off the coast here called San Andres, that the people are speaking English and Spanish. So if you take your prop brother and cousin over there, they can blend. That's, uh, that sounds good to me. But be f- so <clears throat> he called like a lemon fellow, kidnapped my brothers and take him into the jungle. Up on the phone, he, he came to our hotel room. Talking from one thing to the other, I said, can I see my brother today? No. It's the government guy who have my brother in the jungle. I said, why? Very dangerous. This mean very dangerous. <laughs> for them, probably, <laughs> not for Edward Lockhart. No. I said, I, I, I said, what do you mean by dangerous? I said, well, like, I, I, no, dangerous. I said, you scared? Me scared? The guy slapped him when I asked him, he scared. <laughs> of course. You got to slap him. Slap some sense in them. No, he, he, he see, Columbus believe that they, they are fearless, you see. He, he knew the danger. I didn't. So, and I said, you scared? That's like, I, I really insulted them with that, asking the Columbus, you scared? Because they ain't supposed to never get scared. So, scared ain't not my vocabulary, I don't get scared either. No, forget, I mean, <laughs> listen, you still survived the storms in 78. Forget, forget being scared. So, he said, you'll be ready in 20 minutes. Cool. You know, I said, okay, he come back in 20 minutes. He took us from 
But 8 o'clock that night till 2 o'clock that morning to get to my brother. <clears throat> so as we were driving through it, we get stuck with a station question, you know. I had my passport and no, no contraband or nothing, and no gun. And they spat you down, and you go. I observed that they were not searching the jitneys, the buses. They need to stop the bus and walk through. I look at that, you know. So I'm making plans now. <laughs> so when we got to my brother around 2 o'clock that morning, I told him, say that with this island off the coast, <clears throat> I'm going to go down, I'm going to leave him here in the jungle. And uh, I arranged with the Colombian fellow to put them on a bus, not no car. That the bus, when they drive from this, uh, the jungle to Baron Kia, they won't be searched or questioned. So they put, I told them, put two, one Colombian on one either side of my brother and my cousin so they can intercede the police or they're going to question them so they can talk to them because they couldn't speak no Spanish either. So then they started to say, oh, question, they, they drunk or they sleeping. So they talk for them, you know, it's a very good idea. Mm-hmm. But when you when you got there though, because these people took him, these people kidnapped him. How did you convince them to let him go? No, no, only a couple of dollars. Oh, you know, okay. oh do- how much did you pay? I only want money. How much was it? Five. They give me my mother gave me five thousand dollars to go down. They give my brother ten. But he was the Colombian fellas coming back up with me to get more money. You see, he just wanted to get involved with the, the operation. So when I got back to Baron Key, I went across San Andres. <coughs> I met a young boy over there named Alan Jay. Well, before I, I met Alan Jay, <coughs> I went to the casino and playing blackjack. I went a lot of pesos. I had money piled up like pesos piled up like that. So I was carrying on terrible. This is James Bond. Yeah, you are. You you at one point you were a secret agent. Yes. Yeah. So I was casing and carrying on. This little fella came and sidled up to me, you know. He said, you looking for a problem, eh? I said, why you say that? He said, you're losing a lot of opportunities. The police can soon lock you up. In perfect English, you know. I said, wow, I had forgotten that they were speaking English like me. So I said, wow, I forgot all about the speech places. English and Spanish. Yeah. <coughs> so I said, where is the police? Him right there. I went to the police and I apologized. I said, um, officer, I'm very sorry for using these opportunities and not realizing that everyone here speaking English like me, I had forgotten. Please accept my apology. See, I understand. I was asking them to change my pesos into U.S. money. <coughs> the, the, dealer, the, the dealer won't change it. See, the manager changed that for you. That's what the police told me. I said, okay, then. That's very good. They changed it by $1,200. And pesos, you know, twelve hundred dollars in pesos. It's like a, that's a whole lot of pesos. Yeah, that's a whole yeah, lot of pesos. I went inside. I met this fellow sitting down on the box with a guitar, and a forty youngs, a dude's white label. I get the It's a good drink. That's my drink. <laughs> I uh, I grabbed a bottle of dudes, put it in my head, and I tell him I get off this box and play. I want to go home. <laughs> And you made hold on, so you went to the casino, balled out, won all sorts of money, and then you made someone perform a concert right there for you outside the casino. Me and him singing the singing the together. Oh, together. it was a duet? Yes. Oh pfft. Superhero. Superhero <laughs> yes. secret agent. 
This is incredible. I know you got you you've got more stories. You got greater stories. You have to have one better than that. You can't leave me hanging like that. We got Hurricane. We got going to the jungles of Colombia. To rescue brother. To rescue your brother. I know you got something else for us. We're gonna yeah. call this Edward Lockhart story time. <laughs> well, back in I can't remember what year this was. In the early eighties. That's when they sang the Defense Force boat. I was I was in Nassau at the time. <clears throat> but <clears throat> I went to Colombia. <clears throat> How many times did you go to Colombia? I don't know. A lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> That's the too best much <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> okay, I so tell us about I, I don't keep that kind of racket. No. <laughs> too much so happened. You, you just let with, it happen and then you forget it. Yes. Gotcha. I went with two Americans. Calvin Purbett and Edward Harden. Edward Edward Harden. He had another name. I can't remember that. <clears throat> That he was the owner and captain of the boat, a small yacht, 35 feet. We sailed from, I sailed, we sailed from, they picked me up from Long Wharf, went to Inagua, from Inagua, Panama, Panama, Cartagena. <coughs> we got loaded out 10,000 Panama, 5,000 Panama water. So coming back, this uh, American fellow, he said, he's thinking more, you know, Americans believe they're more intelligent than anybody else in the world. I don't know why. <coughs> you know, they, they rule the world. So he, as we were putting the mile one in the body, he destroyed that boat completely inside, took over everything. He took the weight, the ballast of the boat. Where I'm a seaman and sailor, I know he's not supposed to throw the weight out of the bottom of the boat. Because that you can't, the boat ain't gonna handle no more. <coughs> I've held the step. So I said, I said, Fred, Fred, Edward, Fred, what you doing? What you mean, Ed? Say, I lightening up. You throwing all the weight? He said, "Yes." Say, "I'm an engineer, no head." I said, "Only an ass will throw all the weight on the boat." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> naturally. Yeah. And so I told him, you know, and he, he put that down. He put that when he called him an ass, like I, sl- I insulted him. I, I feel like that's your move too. You usually insult people to get them to listen to you, because that's the way to get their attention. And yeah. then you that's do the like right what thing. you had to do with the Colombian. Yes. You, you gotta you gotta talk to them hard ah, first. Ah. So they can so understand. Too much education always ain't good for you. <laughs> so when we left Colombia, the, the boat, when the motor ran for about two hours, then shut down completely. <clears throat> now every for nine days, I was between Colombia and Cuba. It took me nine days to get to Cuba. You know, that's, that's, we had no water, no food. You open the can. You've been surviving things literally your entire life. This Hurricane Irma thing was nothing. All of us thought this was a big deal. This I see it why was you a think joke. it's a walk in the park. Yeah. Yes. You did nine days with nothing. He was on the sea nine days with no well, food and water. In the devil bag, we had like your stuff in the devil bag. Mm-hmm. Right. He got caught in the storm and the devil bag rolling across and across the deck, all the label comes off. You over in the beach that's your supper. If you had a morning or even or that, whatever you open up, you eat. So you was opening them cans, just praying there was something good. No, only one can you can oh, open. One can? Yes. Ah, yeah. Oh, so y'all you like to I have a friend that opened a beer can of corn. Yeah, that's a good choice. Good it's, water. It's better than beets. Yeah, better than beets. <coughs> so, but after the nine days, you go on the Cuba shore. <coughs> and as a friend, why are you going so close to the shore? Well, Ed, I was sailing for 60 days along the coast, coast the shore of Cuba, and they never bothered me. Five minutes after that, I said, man, you got you to be out of your mind and or, or lost or crazy. 
And that, that again, he had a big long hickory knife in his hand. He stood up on me, said, this is the second time you insulted me, called me stupid. I mean, he does sound, sound yeah. stupid, though. Yeah, I mean, he's... He I mean, you were right on that stuff. one, though. Yes. Yeah. You, you know, you're going to against the shore, the shore, deep water, but I don't mean... Keep out of, keep out of range. Five minutes of the coast, so I come down, but me lock up. And so when they locked us up, they took us to a prison called... Uh, G2. Something like G2. That's where you put you in for t- interrogation. <coughs> I went in the in in cell with this young Cuban officer. He's a, he's a soldier. Everybody, every young, every, every young man in Cuba some have to go into the army. Yeah, they have to do that, that military. Point, you know? So he, he left his post and they put him in prison. <clears throat> so when he came up to me, put his hand on, on me, I thought, no, this boy hand felt like a velvet man, soft, sissy, you know? <laughs> <clears throat> I said, get your hands off me, you know? He withdraw like that. Yeah, he can't be touching. Can't no, be touching people with velvet he hands. He's trying, he trying to console me, you know, but I didn't. I didn't. Not with velvet hands, though. Yeah, yeah. velvet hands. Yeah, Lock know. me up. Don't console yeah. me. That's how long he does. Be, that's how yeah, long he's got to be a little rougher for you to. Yes, yeah. that's how long he been in there. His hand got soft. Yeah, that's something. Something we ain't right about that. So one. he couldn't speak no English, and I couldn't speak no Spanish. So one day, they bring another Cuban fell inside the cell. And this little fellow was a freak for cigarette. I'm allowed to get a pack of cigarette, two or three pack of cigarette a week. But I trying to stop smoking. So I wasn't asking for no cigarette. And this boy come to me every morning. And I got up in the morning and I started choking him. <laughs> yes. And his tongue started coming to the mood black. So I was screaming and I said, Edward, he's up with this He's up of this boy. You were going to kill this because guy. Because you didn't kill him. And uh, you ain't enough problem as it is now. You're only going to get more. You can't a murder after that. <laughs> so, he's up, jump back in my bunk. And I mean, but you had to, though, because he was trying you for Yeah, bugging me, yeah, he, he was trying yeah, no, you too much. <clears throat> so, I said, Lord, if it's the voice came and said, he's up. So, I used to be talking. Now, in the cell, you don't know when it's day or night in Cuba prison. You only know they have one little red bulb in the ceiling and, and one little bend up there, you don't see no day. So you know that you figure it's day, what kind of food they give you during that day. So you know it's morning, by, but they give you a, a cup of milk, hot milk, that's breakfast and a roll. So I said, this morning. So I said, Lord, if it's possible, make it possible for me to meet this guy who saved me from killing this Cuban boy. They brought the fellow who has to talk with, who's true just say twice going from one cell to the other. So I went and said, man, I, I, I thank you for no comprehending English. But he talked to me in perfect English, his voice. I said, wow. And I realized that it wasn't him. It had to be some extra power. Higher power has been talking to you from then, and they're still talking to you now. Yes, because they talk to you through the storm. He carried me straight through. Let's bring it back. <coughs> Let's bring it back to hurricanes. That's another amazing story, by the way. I feel like you got a hundred of those. Let's bring it back to the hurricane now. Next year, if a hurricane comes, next wh- year we're talking when the when? hurricane comes. Do you have a plan right now for what you're going to do? Well, my house roof blew down. <laughs> you see, well, well, you're going to build that back. <coughs> yes, and yeah. I can build it stronger. Okay, whatever they're going, I'm moving the most no more. So next time, be hunkering down yeah. on the beach. 
Yes. No going up in the hills no, or nothing yes. like that. No, yes. I make my little clothes. They, 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 they press of the tides. Yeah, yeah. You know? <coughs> Gotta watch the tides. I have, I have to walk up. I built my house on Binusiki. I also has nine. This is a square block. Three pieces of lamp pole, ten feet long. Three pieces of lamp pole, ten feet long. Four feet in the ground, six feet above the ground. You built this on your own? One of me. me. How what is your <coughs> what is your diet like? How are you still yeah. doing these things at seventy eight after the life that you've lived? Like what tell me what your typical diet is like. Because it's gotta be something special. I'll tell you a story or not. Well, I love yeah. your story, so go ahead. I had a brother named Edney, he's in captain of Shell Tanker. <clears throat> so I went to Jacksonville one time with him to get some lumber to build me a 50-foot boat. As I was up there in Jacksonville, he had an engineer, me and him couldn't get along too well. And I was gonna, I was gonna beat him one night. You should have just insulted him, because yeah. I was gonna, I wanted to beat him. Yeah, go further <coughs> than the insult. Because what he did, he, my brother all took, take, he take two drinks, he drunk. He, he got, my brother jumped over the car going back from the party one night, jumped over the car on the light downtown in Jacksonville. He knows nothing about Jacksonville. I know nothing about Jacksonville. I can, you know, we don't know right or we don't know north or east or so. Yeah, you don't, you don't do that in spots where you don't it's, know. You got to no. know the road. Yes. So he jumped over the car and his engineer was sitting in front of him and I was sitting in the back of the car. So I asked the driver, say, pull her off the stoplight and go around the corner wait for me to go and get my brother. I come in right back. When I got back there, I, and the, the engineer told the driver, man, go lose that drunken bum. I said, Eddie, don't you be but shelter when I get bored tonight. I don't care what time I get, I gotta put something on you. <laughs> and I go on board that night, man. Uh, I said, boy, I can, I can beat you and I can be comfortable taking my shirt off. I want him whole on me, you know? Man, crime man, call me crime man, crime man, no beat me, don't beat me. I said, don't beat you. <laughs> you put something on you now. My brother heard me, he's in the captain, he's up in the captain, he heard me, he I stand there, you ain't beating me. I said, I'm going to beat you first then. <laughs> yeah, one at a time. <laughs> yeah. Beatings so for everyone. He, he, dashed up, he dashed over there and he got upstairs and called the police on the VHF. So he can lock me up, man. They come, the police come, say, so you got to go and sleep on the boat. I had to go sleep in the shipyard. On a stool like this, you know, there's moccasin and crocodile walking through the shipyard. And they ain't do nothing to him, see that? Of course they didn't do anything. Huh? This, no, he was saying the crocodiles ain't do nothing to you. No. No, they ain't do no. nothing. They was probably scared of you. <laughs> I feel like they know you one with nature. Though. No, they good. So next morning, Winston Colby, you know, yeah, but him is one shell. Shell oil company. No, I can't say that. He's a big tall guy. But anyway. He came to the boat, you know, said, you have to leave. Took me to the airport, man. They asked me to the airport. I was sitting there, and every time I travel, I plane, I like to have something to eat. So I, now after, I had $13 in my pocket. So when I was sitting down reading the, my, my pocketbook, this girl came in, you know. And this high you shoot with this pot pan, so. I said, go get it, go get it. Mm. <laughs> I said, so what, so what? And then, she goes, go with a bottle of oil, and I go, I go into the bottle, I ain't got no time for that. When I walk in that plane, there she was, sitting up in the front. I went mean, there, uh, hey. That's, that's destiny. I said, that's I, destiny. I, I got her, I got her, I got her, I got her. Fate put her there on that plane for yes. you to have a second run in her. Yes. So I went up to her, 
can I say play? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. This white boy sitting in the back, you know. I started rapping to the woman. Touched me my shoulder, say, can I help you? Say, man, I'm a traveling salesman. Say, but I been see, seeing fellas talking and coming to the woman. Say, you are the league by yourself. I said, mister, let me tell you what. I got a long way to go and a short time to get there and I have no time to entertain you. No, because this ain't about you right now, sir. <laughs> I, I, this I, is about the woman <laughs> in the hot pants. Yes. This is not about the traveling salesman. We don't want to hear from you. He gone to remind me I bought two drinks in the plane. One for one for me. Leave me nine dollars. Wait, drinks were cheap back then. Two dollars a drink, yeah. Wow. So then he got to Miami Airport. I say, I sleep with you tonight. Ah, I don't know you. I said, What do you mean you don't know me? We've been together for like how many years now? You think you yeah, have to be three hundred and sixty five days? Or twelve months? Yeah, you could be like, now one book. That's a year. Exactly. A split second. Because time is just a measurement of what what you think it is. Like you don't get to tell me what a year is. Yes. Who says what a year is? Someone just told yeah, us no. that. We don't know. How long you think you get to know me? Yeah. Did it work? I tell you. <laughs> so she still stammers. Okay, let's say you got inside your mind. Let's see. Let's see. Take his turn. Took my corner. Here it come. I go on. Go home. My journey. Here it come. I sleep with you. Bam. Tail. Taxi. Going to the airport hotel. So what, what's happening right now is Mr. Lockhart is demonstrating to us how he flipped the coin to determine the fate of whether he was going to get this woman or not. <laughs> for y'all that for y'all that can't see what's happening, the one so, time you could get us the video. <laughs> so uh, got to the corner of the hotel, checked in with no money, you know, no let, money. Let fate take its or course. Or the steak and crawfish for dinner and bears. How did you do this with no? Anyway, I'm gonna listen. Yeah. No how did money. You do this? So, next morning when we woke up, you know, oh, well, good night. So she asked, hey, tell me something. I said, what does you want to know? What do you eat? I said, what do you mean, what do I eat? See, I mean, what do you eat in the Bahamas? I said, why? She said, when you sex in me, you grind your teeth. <laughs> John, that's where we ended. We are not going to get any better than that, okay? That's where we gotta end the podcast. Listen, this has been fantastic. I could listen to these stories all day. We gotta get you back on when you come to Nassau again. I know you don't like coming to Nassau. No. But you gotta come back at some point. And when you come back, we and I'm not leaving tomorrow. My, my daughter promised me some barbecue ribs and, and, and gobble duff. Oh, here's a question. What do you think about vegans? A vegan. Someone who don't eat meat. Someone who doesn't eat meat. He's stupid. <laughs> Correct. He's stupid. So why y'all had to take shots yeah. at me? Uh, what, 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 I mean, you say he's a man of wisdom, right? He is like, a man of wisdom. I, I have to stop so this are you gonna, I, ha- I haven't eaten meat for the last week. Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you ain't gonna survive no hurry. They've been making fun of me. What can we say? All the meat, all the meat. <laughs> They've been making fun of me because of that. But now I have to rethink the whole thing because my national hero says that you're stupid if you don't eat meat. Yes. Now I'm confused. So what we're going to do is we are going to start our campaign to get you on some money because that we believe that's what you deserve. We're going to try and get you honored in October because that's when all the national heroes are honored. And I feel like you are right up there with them. One question before we leave, though. Do you actually have a superpower? Because I feel like you do. I believe so. <laughs> we what don't do need think, to know anything more. What do you think that? the superpower is? 
to fly. Mm. I will live sometimes I all over the place, man. This has been the 10th Year Seniors <laughs> Podcast. Conversations with Mr. Edward Lockhart. Y'all stay woke. This is just part one. There'll be more to come. It's the real hip hop. Hip hop.